I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. I program here called The Mariner's Call. And an opportunity to take and all in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 4. We're looking at some verses of scripture here. Uh, to be bringing you face to face with what we're going to call uh, today, this evening, tonight, one of you listening to our program, The Power and Authority of the Word of God. How the world are you? Hope we're catching you just right. Hey, if you ever like to correspond with us, we're as close as the keyboard. That's at F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. By the way, thank you for uh, taking and uh, corresponding with us. I'll be honest with you, I'm spoiled with the mail that comes from the radio. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for those encouraging words. If ever you'd like to make a comment, I do not mind you doing so. Make a comment concerning maybe a passage of scripture we was on or something that uh, God has shown you. Please, if you would like, though, please correspond with us. The book of Luke, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we find our Savior in, in the synagogue. And as far as the synagogue is concerned, we find him, verse 17, Luke chapter 4, opening the book, and he reads out of the book, uh, it's the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, and he closes the book. And uh, so we think about ministering the word of God to people, we open the book, we close the book. I've had people say, Brother Mon, my preacher don't know when to close the book. Amen. It's good to open it. And my friend, as far as God's book is concerned, is never closed to us. But uh, we always, always, what do we say? We always want to keep it open anyway. It says in verse 21, it says, And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Oh, my friend, he's claiming to be very deity here. And verse 22, what's the response of people that listen to Jesus Christ? Oh, they listen to him. Just read the word of God. What would it have been like to listen to Jesus Christ? Read the word of God and then to expound and to preach from it. It says, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. I'll be honest with you. I do not believe Jesus Christ was rough, rude, and crude. I believe his manner was he was a very gracious person. Now, you could, you could ruffle his feathers. You can sort of sense this in the book of Matthew, like Matthew chapter 23, but very gracious, very gracious person. All right, we have him here now in the synagogue, and there was a man, verse 33, let's get to our text here. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had the spirit of an unclean devil, uh-oh, and cried out with a loud voice, making noise, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Isn't that something? The devil, 
the devils know who Jesus Christ is? Wouldn't that be wonderful if the world would come to that realization? And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Well, the devil had thrown him in the midst. He came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What? The response of the crowd to Jesus casting this devil out of this man. And they said, What a word is this. Wow. With authority and power, he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. What a word is this. Authority and power. The power and authority of the word of God. Now, we think about when Jesus spoke, oh, this is what made deep enemies. They despised his words. You know, this same principle is true today. The preaching of the word of God is not popular today. Uh, now, you can preach some things. <laughs> uh, you can give the uh, maybe some good thoughts as to uh, trying to help mankind to be better using worldly ideas and so forth. And, you know, uh, no particular problem, but the Word of God, power and authority, the power and authority of the Word of God. We think about power. We know what that is. When he spoke out of his words or out of his mouth came the very words of God. And these words were powerful. But not only were they powerful, but they were authoritative. The word authority means legal, the legal power, or legal rule, or warrant, or precedent, or, or command. Then the Bible is the authority, you know. So I believe the Bible is the rule by which all things are measured. If it's the authority, uh, understand it this way. It's like a, like a ruler. How do we measure things, you know? Uh, well, what, what did grandma teach you? Oh, no, no, no. What does the church say? No, no, no. What does the world say? No, no, no. The Bible is the rule by which all things are measured. You measure your life by the word of God. Uh, my friend, you measure things about your life by this, by this book. It says here, for with authority and power, he commandeth the unclean spirits. Who is this? This is no other than Jesus Christ here. Who is he? Uh, John told us who he was. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W-O-R-D. The beginning is the Word. Word was with God and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Here before these people were the living, was the living Word of God. And when he opened his mouth, and spake. Yes, very gracious, but he could do so with power and authority, not just the influx of his uh, voice, in the sense it was high, it was low, but when he spoke the word of God because of who he was, that he was very deity, it was powerful and it was authoritative. You know, isn't it sad that some people trust other things to be the authority in their life? You know, so sad that people will trust a religion. You know, there is a belief or a, a religion today that says something like this, that it is the supreme spiritual power and authority over all the earth. Did you hear what I say? There's some that believe that, that their religion is the supreme spiritual power and authority over all the earth. Then other religions fight to prove this for themselves also. When, my friend, we find it at the feet of Jesus Christ, because only when he spoke, only when he speaks, 
my friend, is their power and authority. Some people make this some religious head. Some people make their authority some school or college or seminary. Most churches ask me, and they've done so from time to time. I've been blessed by being in many, many, many churches. Brother Mom, what school did you attend? And you know, they'll sometimes judge you by the school that you attend. Some people make the power and authority scholarship, biblical scholars, all these that have been educated in a tremendous way, those who have the ability in the original languages and have books, that uh, books of research. I'll be honest with you, I respect scholarship. Did you hear me? I respect scholarship, but I refuse to bow. I have many books. I, I refer to some of these books. We call some of these books commentaries. But my friend, when we speak, we have to speak from the Word of God. All right. Uh, what Paul told Titus there in Titus chapter two and verse 15, he said, exhort with all, he said, exhort and rebuke with all authority. And to be able to do that, you have to do so from the word of God. It says, what a word is this for with authority and power. All right. What does the Bible have the authority and power to do? You ever thought about that? You know, we think about uh, the word of God. I believe the Bible is eternally active. Oh, Isaiah chapter 55, his word, you send it out, it's not going to return void. Oh, what's it have power to do? I believe this. I believe the word of God, the authority and the power of the word of God. What does it have power to do? I believe it has power to save. In the book of James, James chapter 1 and verse 21, it said, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Because when we Look into the Word of God, the Word of God always. It points to Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul talked about the gospel, and he said, it is the power of God unto what? It's the power of God unto, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it is the power of God unto what? Unto salvation. Oh, I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad to not necessarily say that as far as this salvation is concerned, it came from a church or anything that I've done, or my confidence in any other thing outside the Word of God. I'm glad that I've read this book. As far as the gospel is concerned, the death, burial, and resurrection, it's all about what Jesus did. I've put confidence in that, and I'm glad to say, I'm glad to know that I'm saved. Are you saved? Men today think they need to be rehabilitated. People find themselves in trouble. They get in all sorts of horrible things, whether it be drugs, alcohol, problems, uh, you know, with all sorts of crime and said mankind needs to be rehabilitated. Well, the problem with that is that deals with the flesh, and that's just temporal. So, you know, I'm not saying you can't get any help out of that, but see, mankind does not need to be rehabilitated. He needs to be reformed. He needs to be transformed, and only Jesus Christ can do that as we find him preached here in the Word of God, thinking about the power to save, uh, whether a man is moral, immoral, whether he's religious, or whether he's in the darkest part of this world. I find the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Isn't it good to know that you're saved? But how do I stay saved? All right. I've heard the Word of God. Oh, the Word of God preached. Oh, all about Jesus Christ, yes, and my confidence in him, but how do I stay saved? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, oh, a lot of controversy there, and people now already that listen to this program, all oh, their ears begin to perk up because uh, some people just don't know. 
And uh, well, sir, are you saved? I don't know. You know, how do I stay saved? First Peter chapter one, verse five talks about those who are kept by the power of God. What? Who are kept by the power of God. See, the power that transforms is the power that preserves. All this hold on and hold out and hold to. See, that's all that's all the flesh. It's power the power of God that saves. The power that saves is the power that keeps you saved. I cannot keep myself saved. Oh, but I trust the power of God. And you know where? I find that truth in the Word of God. Power to save. Power to secure. Psalm chapter 119, verse 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. What? Clean through the word? Jesus even said this. What is John 15, 3? Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The personal forcing, the forcing of personal denominational convictions will not do what a diet of the word of God will do. Oh, when it comes to cleaning someone up, get them in the Word of God. Get them to reading the Word of God. And reading this book over and over and over again, it'll do something in your life to clean you up more than just, we think about some beliefs by some denominations or even some church covenant. Power to save and secure and sanctify. And I like Psalm 107. In verse 9, it says, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. You know, isn't that good? Uh, I'm glad I can say I'm satisfied with this book. I'm glad to be saved and secure and separated into the things of this, uh, the things of God, not the things of this world. And it comes from the book. For with authority, and power. What a word is this. Until next week, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.